just like the direction in which you move when you shift your car into reverse, <laughs> we are back. <laughs> Words. Wow. Backwards. Okay. Yeah, I told you it was a real dumb one. Yeah, that But was... I have to maintain my, my format here. Yeah, no, no, I, I hear you. <laughs> I, I deviated from my taglines for movies mm-hmm. into a few musical things and then the Joel Gertner. But I appreciate your uh, commitment to continuity. I'm going to have to just, like, think of a bunch of them and just have them written down so that we're not, as in today, opening the, up the curtain, 30 seconds before we started, I'm like, <laughs> I don't have an intro. I also like the idea that you were just Googling, what is back? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did, in fact, Google that to see if I could get any inspiration. I did and, not. uh, did Baby Got? Mmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You just, yeah, that was... One Thank I could have fucking used, Tom. Oh, I God damn fucking it. burned it for a pointless joke. No, I'm kidding. That was what are we one. doing today? What are we even doing? What are we even doing? You're right. I didn't even know. Open the show. Uh, let's We're just back. Stop the recording. <laughs> We're back to, in another episode of What Are We Even Doing? And I will intro this one because, I mean, I picked it. We're doing. We're reviewing. A show in which there is no way out of, especially in the year. 2004. Wait. 2 odd 4 Yes, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're reviewing this one because it's my same motif. I will say it again because I like making the listeners suffer. Uh-huh. I'd seen one match on this show. Correct. And I've not seen the rest of it. <laughs> now, before we go too far forward, you also, uh, off the air earlier, said something in reference to this. About having your favorite match of all time. So when we it, get to the one... Yeah. <laughs> I am I I did not know this until I, you mentioned it earlier, so I'm just... I'm curious. Is it, this your favorite match of all... Which, if it is, by the way, great pick. I'm not <laughs> shitting on it or anything. I just find that fascinating. Yes. It, okay. I, I would have to say yes. Um, awesome. It usually fluctuates a tad bit between sure. this and another one. We can get to that when we get there. Sure. But uh, generally, uh, most of the time, this is... Head and shoulders, like my number one. See, like, uh, and I'm the, willing to admit that it's because of my personal biases. Of course, uh, without like going to specifics, I do think that stuff like that is is fascinating to talk about because, like, I had a match that was my favorite match for nine years, maybe even more before that one was eclipsed, and then you know so on and so forth. And I always think yeah. it's interesting to be like. And, and not maybe not even just with wrestling matches, because like for me, like I'm big on movies. Yeah, it's I can tell you my top five favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. When I get down to which one is at the top spot, it gets a little tough. And when I tell you which one is at four and five, it gets a little tough. You know, because there's always you ask yeah. a person on day one what's your favorite anything. And maybe they can tell you. And then you ask them on day two, and they're like, oh, you know, I thought about it, and, you know, maybe not that yeah. type of thing. Like, um, I can tell you right now that my favorite movie ever is Avengers Endgame. Sure. Um, I'd have to really think about it for two through five if I was going to go with top five. So, I like, I agree with you that things right. fluctuate and stuff. Um, but, yeah, this one's pretty consistently at, at number one. That's interesting. As far as matches go. My number one for a number of years was Benoit and Angle at the 2003 Royal Rumble. Mm. I I love, I still love that match, but for me at that point, for, like I said, for like I think about nine years, you know, give or take, 
that was the one. I, I I loved it. I was like, it's just wrestling. It has a great build. The pace is crazy. It, that match holds up. And it's one of the rare times where a heel, at that point especially, a heel wins a championship match on a pay-per-view clean via submission. Hmm. And you didn't see that at that point yeah. for a very long time. I think actually it was Del Rio. They kind of like made it more common. Oof. And nobody gave a fuck. And yeah. fuck Del Rio. Yeah, I think we've said that before, too. We have, and it bears repeating. Yeah, Chuck Palumbo. Chuck so, Palumbo. So, um, may I guess what match has eclipsed the other one? Sure. End of an Era? Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That, that I think you mentioned this. End of an Era is... Have I mentioned it on here, though? Uh, I don't know about it if you're here. If you guys are curious, the End of an Era match, the Hell in a Cell, Triple H, and Taker from Mania 28, that's my favorite match of all time. I've rewatched it multitudes of times, and... Gives me goosebumps, man. Sometimes if I'm in the right mood, almost brings me to tears. I yeah. absolutely love it. I think that that's the closest to a cinematic match without being a cinematic match that we have ever had or will ever get. Mm-hmm. And to me, I I just loved it. I thought it, it was that perfect balance of overbooked <laughs> and hokey with gravitas and like a lot of brutality. Like yeah. those, those guys beat the ever-living shit out of each other in that match. And there's a lot of tiny details in it and the performances and everything. Like, for me, that's... Like, there's stuff on this side of wrestling that I love, right? Mm -hmm. And there's stuff on this side of wrestling that I love. Mm -hmm. And that match, for me, is that just perfect cocktail of all these ingredients together. I hear you. So I'm I'm really excited to get to um, the end of the end today Yes, uh, for yours. But first, after this Ian Rotten promo... As is tradition. We must ring that opening bell. You, you, okay, <laughs> let's just do it. <laughs> because I was going to say something, but now I, I, I got to say it now. I just wanted to get the, I just didn't want to mm. miss time the bell. The, the, the can, again, yeah, it's yeah. just monstrous. I don't have very big hands. This is but the like, reverse this, Andre this, the Giant effect. <laughs> the can is just dwarfing me right now. It might make Andre the Giant look like he has small hands. <laughs> like, it's that incredible. I wonder, That would be cool. I would actually love to see a picture of Andre the Giant holding a beer can that big just to see, like, maybe it looked normal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it would have to be much thicker around, I think. Uh, God, that... By the way, if you guys have not seen the HBO documentary about Andre the Giant... I've seen it four fucking times. I'm probably up there with you, I think. And Go- and you showed it to me not with not even within this year. Right. Like, or the, this year time from now. Like, And I've seen it four either. times yeah. in, within the past guys, 12 months. Guys, do yourselves a favor. It, it's just stellar stuff. Um, anyways, let's, let's keep the ball rolling here. Uh, what do you got for the undercard on this episode? So, um, I've actually... Today, I dove into some uh, matches that I thought, you know, why not? Sure. I watched um, Eddie Guerrero's match from the pay-per-view before this one and the one after this one, just because I wanted to see, like, or not actually, not, so, not, not not the one after this one. I, I skipped a bunch. Um, okay, so the one before would have been him and Chavo at the Rumble? Yes. So I know that... God, I'm a nerd. I know that happened. I have no memory of it. It's short. Chavo jobbed out hard. (laughs) Okay. So then... I don't even think there's a falsy in it. It's just match. Honestly, good. It's just match, 
three amigos, frog splash, and we're done. Yeah, um, that's fine. Um, there's a one point in the match. There's a close up of Eddie's face, and he just goes, "Come on, motherfucker!" Good. <laughs> it's just tight. Uh, um, okay, so then there, we're here for today's show, and then you said the one after. I, I didn't do the one after. I, Twenty. Yeah, I, I lied because I had already seen that one. Um, I skipped a bunch of them actually, and went to Angle and Guerrero from SummerSlam '04, which incredible. Yeah. Again, I. I I don't remember that one. Yeah, uh, it's a real good one. SummerSlam I happen- 04 was Angle and Eddie? Mm-hmm. I happen to prefer uh, WrestleMania Angle and Eddie over this I, one, personally. Okay, my, my one, I don't, I have no memory of that SummerSlam match at all. That's crazy. I'm completely blacking out. Um, my only issue with the WrestleMania match between Angle and Eddie, the match itself is incredible, and it has a fantastic finish, right? The, mm-hmm. oh god, my ankle, I take the boot off, ankle lock, I rips the boot off, cradle, with the ropes, by the way, yeah. which I'm positive was an accident. Um, there's there, As good as those two are, there's no yeah. way that was planned. I, I, I will go to my grave believing that was a happy accident. The only problem I have with that match is it didn't match the build, because angle beat the ever-living shit out of Eddie while he was in handcuffs okay. and stuff, and it was very intense, yeah. and then they wrestle. And I, Oh, oh yeah, I totally, I, I, I get you. Like, if they had done a, a different build, it would have been so much, it, I don't know, that that stuff always bothers me, where it's like... No, I totally, I, I hear you. You have that crazy shit in wrestling where it's like, uh, <laughs> just... You spit on my child, and you seduced my wife. Let's lock up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, for some reason in this match, Luther Reigns comes out with Kurt Angle. Uh, they they put Wearing Luther it. Reigns, Kurt Angle, and uh, Mark Jindrak together. Weird. Luther Reigns wearing a comically large suit. Um, but yeah, anyways. Horseshoe. Mm. But this match is incredible. There's no business like shoe business. That is my undercard. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to leave um, it at that. I, in honor of 316 Day, okay. watched Stone Cold Steve Austin's last match, him mm. versus The Rock from WrestleMania 19. And I have this very strange hot take. Okay. I think it's the best match that those two had. It might be Austin's best match. It might be Rock's best match. Really? Yeah. And okay. it's a thing that absolutely, positively, nobody talks about. And WrestleMania 19 as a whole, by the way, is stellar. Mm-hmm. On every fucking level. It's one of the forgotten main... It's one of those ones where you go back... It, you you look at the card for Mania 19 right now. I can, I can give you some of the shit from it. You're going to be like, that's on one show. Austin versus Rock. Mm-hmm. Jericho versus Sean. Mm-hmm. Vince versus Hogan. Angle versus Lesnar. The opener is Matt Hardy versus Ray. Jesus. Exactly. Like, nobody. That's actually. Also, 
Like I, I started watching that pay-per-view one time, and then I just never finished it for some reason. I'm not going to say that it's flawless, because, like, okay, Triple H and Booker is on there, and although the match is fine, it's a thing where, goddamn, Booker should have won. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, it, that's one of those ones where I'm like, as much as we want to talk about, like, wins and losses don't matter if they're done correctly, no, man, in that case, Booker should have fucking won there. I, yeah. it's, it is still boggling to me that he didn't, but... And then there's, like, throwaway tag matches and shit. Uh, one of the things that I noticed when I was skimming through it, though, to get to Austin and Rock was um, there's a triple threat tag match, and it's Los Guerreros, World's Greatest Tag Team, Benoit and Rhino. Mm-hmm. That's Mania 19. You fast forward to Mania 20. Benoit and Eddie are on top as world champions. That's interesting. I literally, like, I was just blown away how one month goes by and... <laughs> Um, Eddie goes from squashing Chavo, the the worst yeah. Guerrero, easily, to the like one of the biggest matches, if not the biggest match he's ever had. You yeah, know? It, it's it's a testament to how fast things can change, especially like yeah, at that time when you were like some things could organically happen. Mm-hmm. Like, well, okay, we'll, we'll we're going to talk about a lot at the. Very end. Of this. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Let, let's yeah. Let's get to the actual show. Uh, no way out. Two thousand and four from the Cow Palace. Mm. Um, famous <laughs> arena in California. Uh, Ring of Honor ran the Cow Palace. Really? Yep. In 08, it was a horrible disaster for them. But I'm. <laughs> they did not draw. Oof. Um, Oof. Nigel was champ and he was injured. It was oh, like right okay. after he'd won the belt and was injured, he could not compete. So they had to scrap a lot of shit. Yeah, um, I can see that. But we got this hot mom open with Sable yeah. and Tori coming out just to be like, look at us. Also, it's no way out. They did a cold open for this pay-per-view. Uh, <laughs> a cold hot mom open. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, they're also pushing that that Playboy tie-in thing. Yeah. Which, it's also bizarre to think that, that was a thing for the WWE for a number of years, and then they were just kind of like, whoop, nope. Does Playboy even still exist? I don't really know. I, I never really gave a shit about Playboy magazine. Like, I remember, like, I've seen Playboy, so don't get me wrong, especially yeah, yeah, in like, yeah. my formative years, but I was just kind of like, yeah, they're naked. Uh, they're not really doing anything. <laughs> Yeah. It made me feel like I was, like, born desensitized, because I was like, yeah, this looks great, but, like, now what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get you. Uh, (laughs) Very Um, strange open, though. But, yeah, yeah. I noticed that you were using Comic Sans on the title graphic font for, like... Yeah. It's just, why would you use Comic Sans? With, like, this cool... You got this lock and chain. (laughs) Comic Sans. Like, Uh, what the... But hey, at least it's custom set for a pay per view, which God Ooh. bless that. Ooh. I can't <laughs> do it. Can you? Da 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 da. Which is going to blur into da 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 da. Okay, I got gotcha. you. John Cena into Price is Right. The Yodeler has fell off the mountain. Bum bum bum. I wish that 
Yodeler Falls Off the Mountain, Price is Right, was on an uncaged album. <laughs> and it's just... I like the idea that the WWE would put out a sound clip from the Price is Right. <laughs> oh, oh, God man. damn it. Opening so, match. This video package, hold on, oh, I want to say something package? about it. Yeah, because they had a video package after they oh, okay. introduced the Spanish announce. That was the cold team. open? Yeah. Alright. Um... But there's a line, a promo line from Brock Lesnar that I absolutely love that he said in this video package and the video package later. But he said, you're not fighting the odds, Eddie. You're fighting me. Ooh, that's real good. mm, It's top tier promo lines, dude. Which is weird because, man, Lesnar just ain't a promo guy. I think, we'll get to it, but I just want to say, I think he's better on the mic than people give him credit for. I might be willing to give you that, but even then, that don't mean good. Yeah. Lesnar's had some hit-and-miss lines. Like, that That one's very good. Mm-hmm. But then, years and years later, he also had, I'm going to leave John Cena in a, in a puddle of blood, urine, and vomit. His own. <laughs> like, what the... Like, of course it's his own, Brock. Like, are you going to... Bleed, puke, and piss on the man? What are you talking about? Like, huh? So that's the best weird of the best 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 that this world has to offer? I'm the beast! I don't even And the best. I don't even remember that one. Paul, say something stupid. Verbatim. I, I, when, what year was that? No. I think it was, I think it was on CM Punk because he was talking about the whole best in the world thing. Okay. Uh, so I think it, it had to be like 2013 or Holy something like that. Holy shit. It's incredible. <laughs> I want to see if I can find it. That's unforgivable. Also, uh, I, okay, I got something. Uh, I have something, but now I'm kind of like, man, are we really backloading the back half of this show? Because I want to talk about what Lesnar's best matches are. Oh, God. We have an ad. We we don't, have we're an not ad. sponsored. We're doing this again. We're not sponsored. No, not yet. But this... I'm going to allow this because I played that Cornette video. <laughs> yeah, man. No, actually, that was a good video. <laughs> okay. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me at this time, Brock Lesnar, Curtis Axel, and Paul Heyman. Oh, wow. I just wanted to get your comments on what just transpired out in the ring there between your two clients and your former best friend, CM Punk. That's the best of the best of the best of the best of the best that this world has to offer I'm the beast and the best in the world Paul say something stupid (laughs) what (laughs) what the Christ even what the fuck (laughs) How have I not seen this? I can't handle this right now. Do you think that that was, like, genuine? Or was that just him being like, I couldn't give a fuck less if I fucking tried. I'm just gonna do this. I don't know. But either way, I'm okay with it. Also, what a fucking curse from God to be like, I'm going to make this... The... the, (sighs) Peak ultimate bad motherfucker, and I'm going to give him this 
squealing voice like a fucking <laughs> mewling cat. Like, let's do this. Like, Brock, I'm going to give you hands so big that the UFC has to custom make your gloves. I'm going to give you size and strength that most people would die for. Sounds great, God. Now what? You're going to talk like this sometimes. Like, <laughs> truly. An unfortunate twist. Are we going to talk about this show? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I did not expect to uh, to get into that so early. Good lord. Um, so uh. this, this opener, my note here just says, Oh no, the Bashams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But So it's the Bashams and Shaniqua against the team of Scotty Tuhati in the pants that I want. And huh? Rikishi. Scotty Tuhati's wearing oh. these baggy motocross pants okay. that I have scoured the web and the dark web for for years, and I cannot find them anywhere. And it's it it literally just seeing them <laughs> again. I was incensed. Um. Um. Okay. They are O'Neill brand baggy motocross pants. Used to have motocross pants that I wore when riding motocross four-wheelers. And they were not baggy. I want those fucking pants. Give me your pants, Scotty. Just get the pants in too big of a size. Give and me wear what a belt. I want. That's not what I want. Give me Give what me I what want. I want. <laughs> Give me gazpacho out of the shower. Make gazpacho come out of the pants. <laughs> um, one of my notes here says, Scotty's pants. Uh, this is the part where people tune out, by the way. Like, we talked about this on the last episode that we had, like, so many starts. Yeah. This is the part where they were like, yeah, I'm not listening to this guy bitch about pants anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Um, I, I had no memory of Scotty and Rikishi being tag champs. I, I couldn't tell you either way because I, I don't remember a whole lot from this era anyway because... Uh, you were a child. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although I remember what love, I do remember fondly. Love Scotty too, honey. For that matter, I love yeah. Rikishi. I worked with Rikiki recently, too. Or not recently. Uh, it's been a year and plus now. He almost came to Zawa. That's true. Yeah. Um, about a year ago, actually. Yeah. Scotty Tiotti, uh one of the most underrated pure workers that the Fed ever had. That guy was just absolutely fucking great. I, I certainly didn't appreciate him much when I was growing up. Uh, uh, and now, looking back, it's like... Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, he's real good. Specifically in tags. Wrestling in converse. Yeah. And somehow not getting injured. Fuck. Um, I I thought this was a solid opener. It's a handicap, so it's two on three. Yep. Like, um, Shaniqua gets in her clothesline mm-hmm. spots at some point. That's that's one that I'm kind of like, I kind of hate that she, like, washed out or whatever. Yeah. I feel like there was more mileage to her. Mm-hmm. There was a, a, a point where... Scotty and someone do the shoulder tackle thing, and they both collapse. And then gets the ref gets up to eight for the double down. Scotty kips up and starts looking for the worm, and I'm like, if he hits this, that is the most lethal <laughs> shoulder tackle of all time. Oh, man, I remember me and my friends having this discussion one time about what's the most devastating move in pro wrestling, and one of my buddies was like, oh, it's the Rock Spine Buster, because the guy just lays there while he runs back and forth and then drops a his poor elbow, and I was like, no man, it's Scotty Tuhati's bulldog. <laughs> that guy's gonna lay there while he says I'm gonna dance, dances, does the dance. <laughs> woo, 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 chop. 
finish. Yep. Uh, um, but I do like the clothesline out of the like he's hopping for the the worm, right? And then clothesline right, right. out of that. I like that. Uh, fun stuff. Yep. Dug it. Solid. Yep. Uh, Nidia. Hell yeah, Nidia. Come on, girl. Um, that is, that is my note. <laughs> hell yeah, yes. Big fans of Nidia here on the podcast, guys. Um, it was this was a bizarre thing. So the, this next match it's it's Nidia versus Jamie Noble, but Jamie Noble is blindfolded mm-hmm. because Nidia was blinded by the black mist from Tajiri, and during her <laughs> during her blindness, <laughs> Jamie Noble revealed himself to be a real rat bastard. And so then it became, I'm going to fight you when you're blind via blindfold. Um, During her blindness. I couldn't think of a better way to word it. <laughs> Honestly, it there sounded, is no better way to word it. It sounded so stupid, even as I said out loud. I was like, is this right? Um, That's pro wrestling, though. Uh, God damn, if it isn't. Um, Noble ruled. Uh, Jamie Noble yeah. is just the guy that, like, if you're listening to this and you're a wrestler, especially if like, you're a smaller guy... Dude, seek out some of his shit, man. Like, just an, an absolutely tremendous worker. And, like, honestly, it was just in the wrong era. Like, it, yeah. it's easy to say that, like, oh, man, if he'd been eight inches taller and 40 pounds heavier back then, sure. But it's also a thing to say, like, if he had been the exact same that he is and, and born 10 or 12 years later than he was, yeah, a gigantic star either way. The guy was Ring of Honor world champion. Yeah. You know, and, like, people forget that, but it's, like, like he was an absolutely great professional wrestler. Um, the, I, I don't know. What do you think of this? I I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, it was interesting, to say the least. Um, I feel like... I feel like they could have done more with it. I feel See, like it I was a it was lot too, of I the. It was too long. I feel like it was a lot of the same stuff for too long. I feel like if they did more different things. Yeah, it would have been a lot better. Um, I thought if they'd done everything they did and cut about three minutes, like condensed or, it down or that, by three minutes, or that too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was. Um, I didn't think it was too long. I I just thought they didn't do enough in their time. I feel like they mm. were stretching stuff out a lot. Or they could have, like you said, made it just shorter sure. and do the, all either, the same either stuff. Either put more in or cut the time down. Yeah, yeah either way. Sure. Uh, things to note, first of all, Charles Robinson screaming, Put this on your head! <laughs> was just, it was too funny to, to me. Put this on your head! <laughs> I don't even remember that. That's before, because uh, Jamie Noble didn't want to put, put it on. He doesn't want to put on the blindfold. Yeah. Which, you know, bless him for playing it off, but like... Jamie, you know it's a blindfold match. You you agreed to it. You signed to it. They made a video package about it. it yeah, just yeah. Played. Like, what do you mean you're not going to put it on? Like, um, put this on your head. So, put gazpacho on your head. There's a. <laughs> God dang it. Um, put gazpacho into the blindfold, guys. If you're so... confused about this joke, look up Ryback's promo from SummerSlam 2013. If you have the network, it is under the tab Ryback bullies a staff member. It is confounding. <laughs> so there's a small detail about this match that I fucking love. Okay, cool. So there's a thing, the finish comes, where 
Nidia's up on the top rope. Mm-hmm. Charles Robinson's like, come on, man, you gotta get down. Ref's back is turned, so uh, uh, Jamie Noble lifts up the blindfold, sees where Nidia's at on the uh-huh. top rope. Ref doesn't see it. Pulls it back down and throws her off. Okay. He When he goes for the submission maneuver, he, like, walks almost past her. His uh-huh. foot hits her arm, and then he's like, oh, that's where she is. That okay. tiny, tiny, minute detail. I like that. Yeah, you know, that's, that's cool. Even though it's, like... I'm certain that like he could see through that claw. Oh yeah, for sure. Until they had to work, but no, that, but that's like very that good. Tiny, I, I didn't catch that at all. I rewound it because I want to make sure that's what I saw, and it was. Ooh, that's, that's um, ooh, I can't. I will never be able to do your John Cena noise. Ooh, um, uh, it's so okay. Anyway, Josh Matthews ooh, drip here. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, one of my notes are just that somebody getting jumped backstage is just such a worn out cliche. Yeah. And it's also like, why can no one doing this do it correctly? <laughs> like, hey, somebody hit me in the back of the head backstage. Come out here and show me who you are. Don't. Just fucking don't. <laughs> like, if you got a beef with Kurt Angle and you could beat his ass backstage and get away with it, just keep doing that. Yeah. Don't get in the ring. Who cares? Uh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you say the drip? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's something that that I think Everett Connors would be proud of. Oh, most that likely. Turtle, turtle, neck, earrings, and all neck. that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my nickname in high school. The Brontosaurus. Uh, <laughs> the youth on Cena. Yeah. Like man, but bizarre promo though. I liked it though. I, I like I, I like the it. if I if I were to. Kick your ass, I'd do it right to your face. I like that. This was an era of John Cena that I was, like, very into, by the way. Yeah, like, I like this Like, scene. I didn't give a flying fuck about this guy until he started doing the rap gimmick. I actually liked the, as Braden just did, the hand motion where it's the two hands together with the pinkies out, so it kind of looks like a bowl with your hands. I did not the... care for when he adjusted it and made it the basically the hang loose. <laughs> yeah, well, this uh, is because then... it says word life, you see. On his knuckles. Right. No, I like this one better. Um, it's like Samoa Joe, but wider. <laughs> uh, <laughs> World's Greatest Tag Team coming out next for a match with the APA. Uh, World's Greatest Tag Team is such a great name for a tag team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember a buddy of mine thought that, like, th- the only way to make it better is to have a tag team where their tag team name is the Tag Team Champions. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> and just to then have moments where it's like, your winners and the number one contenders to the tag team championships. The tag team champions. <laughs> That's good. The new tag team champions. The tag team champions. <laughs> so, oh, um, man. Charlie Haas is the Janetti man. <laughs> oh, big, big Janetti. Big Janetti. Love, love the APA. Yeah, and and uh, so like. It's also kind of crazy to think, too, because we were just talking about a, a little bit ago, like, Mania 19, mm-hmm. Benoit and Eddie are in a throwaway tag match. Fast forward a year, they're both world champions. So this is February. Bradshaw is in kind of a throwaway tag match. Mm-hmm. You go forward four months, world champion. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. So Eddie retains at Mania. Yeah. Has first match with Bradshaw at Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Loses to Bradshaw at Great American Bash. 
Eddie's run with the belt was short. Wild. Yeah, I looked that up today because I, I went to the SummerSlam match and I was like, wait, he doesn't have the belt here. No. How short was this reign? So I looked it up and well, it was I like think, only four months. Yeah, yeah. Wild. Wild, wild, wild. Um, so I had an interesting note because I had that, that uh, thought that Charlie Haas is the Janetti. It's mm-hmm. like thinking to myself, are there any tag teams that started as tag teams and then broke up that don't have a Janetti? And then I immediately thought of a hundred thousand of them. Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys. Which you can argue that I one of say, them was I actually think a there's a lot of shitheads that are going to argue both of those because there's going to be people that are like, oh, well, Matt's the Janetti. And it's like, is he though? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he, he is. He was world champion in TNA. Like, you could you could argue that like I don't. I don't think he is one either. is more saying, popular like, than yeah. the other, but to the level of Janetti, no, no, for sure. Also, imagine your legacy being people are named after you if you suck in a tag team. Uh, right, right, that's right. an awful legacy. That's probably why he made the man disappear. <laughs> Not the first time either. Um, uh, what? Okay, the Shield. Oh yeah, I was just thinking about that one. I thought this would be a harder question, but there's a lot more examples the, than I thought yeah, of. Yeah, but there's also a lot of examples. Well, okay, so like, the New Day, they they do not have a gen. Now, granted, they're still going. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it mm-hmm. actually, right now, as we say this, they're all champions in the Fed, so I don't know why. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, um, they just don't really invest in tag teams that much anymore, though. Uh, if I were to uh Devon is probably the Genetti of the Dudleys. But that's not to say that's... that he's not successful, just that Bubba has been more so. Yeah. Um, um, it's it, You can't even really do it with the APA because it's like, well, Ron Simmons was world champion yeah, in yeah. 93, and then yeah, that's why Bradshaw I, I, did it like 11 years later. Like That's why I, I said like that started as tag teams, because sure. like... Big Show and Kane, you know, they did their own thing, and then they became a tag team. So that's why they did their own thing again, and then they became a tag team again. Yeah, did their own thing again. That's why. That's why I wanted to eliminate eliminate that. No, no, no. But I, I I, I don't know. Uh, Otherwise, the match. um, Oh yeah, that too. It was fine. Yeah, solid. Yeah, I like the finish. Yeah, Uh, hitting the clothesline and ah, my my arm arm hurts like hell. Oh, there's a boot. (laughs) Um. So up next we have this Goldberg segment. So like, God, I hate that we keep doing this, but there there's a lot to unpack at the back end of the show. <laughs> but I hated this build for Goldberg and Lesnar, even as it was happening. Like for the match? Yes. Yeah. Because okay, so they did a fun thing back in November. Of 03 at Survivor Series, which at the time was like one of the only times that Raw and SmackDown interacted, where they had like a face off with each other backstage and they were both champions. And I was like, ooh, cool. You yeah. know what I mean? Because everybody, especially back then, was like, oh, Lesnar's just Vince's version of Goldberg, you know, whatever. Which it's easy to draw that comparison. Who cares? Mm-hmm. They, have an inter- they have a bit at the Rumble. Yeah. Brock. Murder fucks Bob Holly in a title match, which guys don't let anyone ever tell you you'll never achieve your dreams because Bob Holly had a world title match at the fucking Royal Rumble. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Lesnar eliminates 
Goldberg from the Rumble, even though he... Or no, no, he, he caused him to be eliminated. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So who, now we're building who actually eliminated him? Angle. Yeah, I remember it being someone of, of note. Which, that's a match I'm kind of surprised we never got. Angle and Goldberg. And that would have been something to see. Ooh. Yeah. That yeah. would have been real good. Yeah. Because... Possibly for the wrong reasons. Oh, I think for all the right and wrong reasons. Because I don't think Angle would have put up with this shit. Yeah. And it's like... Bro, you you may think that you're big and bad, but like, angles gonna legit, fucking yeah. um, crack gonna your head you. open like an egg. <laughs> like, um, God, that would have been so good to see. Yeah. Um, so then, anyways, it becomes a thing where okay, well, Lesnar hates me and I hate him, but we're on different shows, which means we don't exist in the same universe. And Steve Austin gets involved. the The build for this, by the way, really seemed like it was actually going to be for Brock versus Austin. Okay. Because, like, behind the scenes, Goldberg had, like, part of his contract was he only had, like, X number of dates that he had to work. And then when those dates were coming up, he was like, hey, I'm not doing extra dates. Even though he was offered more money to do them, he was like, no. Wild. So they had him, quote, suspended to take him off TV. So that then he doesn't have to be there, right? Yeah. So then the build is more Brock Lesnar being antagonized by Steve Austin, who is not wrestling. And then Austin gives Goldberg this ticket to No Way Out. So it's a very convoluted thing. Yeah. And it's honestly way more work than they should have put into it. Yeah. Because they could have easily just announced, hey, we're going to do this. But, you know, whatever. Anyways. Um, yeah, I can see that. Um, I did like this segment, though. I didn't hate it. Goldberg's I, wearing a Santa sleigh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, movie that I have not seen. <clears throat> but I think stars Bill Goldberg as a murderous Santa. Wow. <laughs> so this is this is the, the part of the match where I was like, Brock Lesnar, while not good, is better on the mic than most people okay. give him credit for. Because he's like actually... He doesn't sound like he's fumbling. He's not saying anything stupid. Paul, mm. say something stupid. <laughs> but uh, and in that, yeah, when he calls Goldberg a bitch, I'm, I'm always I'm always there for a bitch. Sure, I love a good bitch. I love the uh, off the hook pain. I think t-shirt. I just I think I said that wrong. No, no, you said that right. And uh, the internet will take that sound clip. Um, <laughs> I love the off the hook pain shirt. I actually mm-hmm. had that shirt, and I had a Brock Lesnar backpack. Because after he left, um, a month later after Mania, they put all of his fucking merch on, like, super ultra mega mass clearance, and I bought a bunch of it. Hell yeah. I hate that I have lost that backpack over time. I fucking loved it. It was just black with red straps, and it had the, um, that weird skull demon thing on it. It was dope. That is dope. Anyways. So, uh, yeah, the segment was cool. Goldberg does a fucking um, jackhammer. Looks great. And then uh, he gets arrested. <laughs> yes. Which I'm all for. I love it. And, I, okay, so one of the things that we talk about on the ECW paper, or, uh, pay-per-views that we've covered is one th- segment bleeding into another one. This one kind of bleeds straight into the next one because yeah. Brock is in the ring selling the jackhammer and out comes Bob Holly, who only a month prior had had a fucking title match with the man and had a long-standing issue with him. So I was like, 
oh, that's cool. There's yeah. some continuity here. And Brock bails the fuck out of the ring because, you know, give me the bail or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then we had Hardcore Holly versus Rhino. This match was too long. Yeah. And my note here just says, it is sufficient. Gut heat, otherwise known as geet. <laughs> yes, very good. Um, this is not over. <sighs> like, it's technically sound, and it's like, I love Rhino. Yeah. Like, we, we will... Oh, uh, this is February? Four? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So in January of '01, he is screaming at the Sandman, "Give me a title match, or your family dies!" And three years later, he is dragging out ten to twelve with Bob Holly and going under. <laughs> yep. Like the gore is great. The passage of time is something. Uh, the gore is great, and I actually like that Bob sells it by just leaving the ring. Mm-hmm. Or not leaving, rolling out. Yeah. This this gives me, this leads me to my next question. What is your favorite spear? Because there's so many of them. <sighs> oh man. Okay. So are we talking about like your like individual or like your favorite user of it? Individual. I was going with more like individual because like everyone does it slightly differently. Sure. So I was going with like an individual or user of it. I think is what I was looking for. So, okay, so let's list some users. Edge, Goldberg, Roman, Mm -hmm. uh, Rhino, we're going to count him for sure. Uh, Are we going to throw Batista in there? Big Show. Oh, dude, I I hated Big Show Spear. Yeah, I mean... like a fucking submarine running into the beach. He had some good ones, but generally they were not... It wasn't consistent. Yeah. Um... My individual favorite one is actually probably... God damn it, this is so insane to say. Bill Goldberg on Kiwi. Okay. <laughs> because basically what happens is... Goldberg runs into the ring. Kiwi immediately starts stomping on him. As soon as he slides under the ropes. Which it's like, okay, that makes perfect sense. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Charges away. Jumps to the middle rope jumps off and turns in the air because Kiwi would do like a leg drop from that position. Goldberg from the mat spears him out of the fucking air <laughs> and it looks unbelievably painful. This is like tail end of WCW. And holy shit. It looks fucking incredible. I love that one. Um Roman has had some pretty fucking good ones. Um specifically like AJ out of the air. Or whatever. Um, what's yours? So, uh, favorite user? Um, that's so freaking difficult. I thought I was prepared for this. Mm-hmm. Favorite user of the spear, I would have to say, is probably Goldberg. Only because, specifically from this, like, early aughts and before. Because, like, his newer ones are fine, but they don't have the same impact that he had back then. Um, favorite individual spear is uh, Roman Reigns against Buddy Murphy on SmackDown. Buddy Murphy backflips the fuck out of it, and it's so good. The last said oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, are, we, are we showing each other spears now? I'm going to show you one. I'm going to show you... Uh, uh, Guys, this is probably the worst part of the show ever. 
But that's okay. fine. <laughs> it's so painful. Oh looking. dear God! I I love it. I I remember watching this live and just it absolutely broke my brain. Um, that one's really good. And oh, damn it, I just remembered one. Edge had a very good one on Ray. They had a title match at the Rumble one year, mm. and uh, that was the finish. Was spear Edge had a good year. spear? Interesting. Oh, hot take I see there. Oh, the running hug. You like that? Oh! Oh, oh yeah. I'm going there. I have been shook. Uh, you ever see... Oh, God, here we go. Okay. Yep. Okay. Love it. Uh, anyway. AJ so. did the exact same sell-off of one from Rhino and TNA. Um, really? Yeah, it was great. Uh, also, the... Missed gore from Rhino into the shopping cart. Oh, I don't yeah, know yeah, if yeah. that ca- I don't know if that counts because he doesn't actually hit somebody. I would go ahead and say it doesn't count, but it is still e- insane and worth stating. I cannot fathom something more terrifying. <laughs> if you're off by a fraction of an inch, inch, it's an inch, not an <laughs> inch. If you're off by a fraction of an inch, your body is going to be shredded by this Kmart death wagon. Oh yeah. Anyway, so. Back to the match. <laughs> yeah, Rhino and Bob Holly happens. Yep, Alabama slam out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Dope. Fuck that bump, though. I would hate to take that move. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that either. Um, up next, we have Ray versus Chavo, because we need to be bored. <laughs> um, <laughs> these guys have had 10,000 matches, and not one of them have been exciting. And that's a testament to Chavo Guerrero. Because how can you have that many matches with inarguably one of the most exciting wrestlers of all time and bore the shit out of everyone every single fucking time. He is bred. I don't ever want to cover... A, like It's going to end up happening by sheer accident. I don't want to ever cover another Chavo Guerrero match. I'm sick of it. I'm fucking sick of it. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of his shitty hair plugs. I'm sick of him basically being the pro wrestling equivalent to Doug. Like, god damn it. Just, are you okay? He is bread. Like, oh my god. Just, Jesus. Um, so, now Tom, I have a question for you. Who's this boxer guy? Is that your question? <laughs> no. I okay, would... go on. Who is that jumping out the sky? R-E-Y? Mysterio. Here we go. So, Accompanied okay. to the ring by a boxer with an unfortunate haircut. I don't know who the fuck this guy is, <laughs> but he's neither. wearing his dad's suit, and it's fucking troublesome. <laughs> Me neither. But I have to say, because we talk a lot about theme musics here. Sure. Theme musics? Really? Hmm. Entrance themes. Yes. Um, I have to say right now, who's that jumping out the sky is better than Booyaka, man. Politely, but respectfully and understandably disagree. You're incorrect, though. And that's, I mean, it's okay, but but you're incorrect. My and I just need, is wrong. I just need you to know that. At least Chavo comes out to his WCW theme here. I thought it was Eddie's WCW theme. It was both of them. 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But it's still better than, ooh, Chavo, dun-dun-dun, which basically is, ooh, go to the bathroom. Yes, we will now. Like, <laughs> Okay, so... Buying merch, buying merch, not looking at the match, not looking at the match, not looking at the match. Sorry, that's me <laughs> writing a song about being bored to the theme of Chavo Guerrero's music. I cannot... If that motherfucker's last name was Smith, <laughs> you know what job he would have? Not this one. He'd yeah. be fucking changing oil somewhere. God damn it. And and, and being boring at that. <laughs> so I have to say, I watched this match. And so, okay, my my biggest takeaway from this is, first of all, this match is only passable because of Ray. Yeah. Because, I mean... Otherwise, honestly, that's a test. You know wet what? bread. Yeah, dude. It. I, I said earlier, it's a, like that. Chavo can get boring matches out of Ray. Maybe it's a testament to Ray that he can get a passable match out of Chavo. Yeah, I think I think it is. I think what the way I took this is 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 if someone who was in wrestling for a day mm-hmm. had a practice match with Ray Mysterio. Mm-hmm. And Ray was like, "Why don't you just wrestle this match as if you were Eddie Guerrero?" And like, he's doing it just enough to where you can, "Oh, he's trying to be Eddie," like that sort of thing. But but okay, it ain't so none. It, but okay, so I think I follow you. So you're saying that like it's basically like Chavo is trying to force charisma, which is a thing that you can't, by definition, do. But like, uh, so the one of the the main things that like brought this thought out into me is like he has Ray in the abdominal stretch sure and then he grabs for the mask and pulls it right. and then the ref stops him and I'm like okay you're just trying to be Eddie but it ain't right. working right 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 I just Ray hits a skull crushing finale at some point wait what like it, it's slightly different but it's like basically the same thing I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I usually, if I have to leave the room whenever I'm watching one of the shows that we're reviewing, I, I will pause it. Because I, I want to do my research. Okay. I did not pause for this because I was like, I need to get past Chavo as fast as fucking possible. Like, the only other... <laughs> yeah, I, I get you. He, he's the most boring wrestler that we cover on any of these shows. I Chuck, worse, than, worse than Chuck Palumbo? <laughs> brother, I, I watched the best of Chuck Palumbo twice <laughs> before I have to fucking watch another Chavo Guerrero match. I, I can't fucking stand it. His, it. his work isn't even good. He is yeah. <laughs> just a fucking sweater vest. So, I don't understand what that means. Basic. Boring. Shit. <laughs> so... Uh, the only thing else worth noting is I'm pretty sure Ray hates his front. What do you mean? The amount and height of front bumps that he takes mm. in this match alone. Good God, he hates his front. He does do that slide out of the ring thing, too. Not in this match, I don't think, but you know what I mean? The yeah. belly flop out of the ring to the floor. Yeah, but he just... Ugh. God, it's so long, too. Yeah, it was real long. It was 17 minutes. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. I looked it up on Wikipedia. The, the match time was Lord. 17 minutes. Jesus Christ. Because I looked up the match times for the main event. <laughs> uh, and then my my note here just says, eh. Uh, <laughs> so now that we've called Chavo bread and I've fallen 
on this bed laughing yeah. a couple times in this match alone. It's time to move on. Yes, please. Thank God. <laughs> um, coming up next, though, we got us a fun-ass fucking triple threat, right? Woo! Uh, Ooh. Ooh. Jonathan <laughs> Cena versus Curtis Angle versus Bigly Show. Bigly uh, Show. I I I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. I love triple threat matches, man. I yep. absolutely love. It. And the gimmick here being that the winner goes on to the title match at WrestleMania. So part of the fun to me was, you know what? If you go back and watch it with the context of, okay, we don't know the finish of the show, right? Maybe we get John Cena versus Brock Lesnar, which had already happened on pay-per-view and was not good. Maybe we get it again, which that's something you need to see. Uh, maybe we get Brock Lesnar versus the U.S. champion Big Show, which again had already happened. Big Show had beaten Lesnar. That could be fun. We could go back to that. Maybe we get Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Angle again. Second year straight. Fuck yeah. That would be great. And I think that that's fun because nobody thought Eddie was actually going to go it on top. Yeah. Um, they, one of my notes here says, they'd already given up on the U.S. title, I feel. Yeah. Already. They brought it back in, like, October. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Just be, I, I just hate whenever it's like you have a, a title holder in a match... For a shot at another title. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it just, to me, cheapens the one that they have because it's like, oh, uh, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Like, I could be defending this, but fuck it. No, um, I totally get that. I miss these John Cena promos. It's so good. With the rapping. So I love good. it. I love it so much. Check out the chain and the lock. Um, these, these folks here swing from my words, and you two can swing from my... Shoelace. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, like, I, I love it. How, how perfect was Kurt Angle at this point? The Just antithesis the, the, of professional wrestling. The purest, most undiluted form. The, I, I, I really like this match. I, I have a note here. What is it? Another great triple threat match from Angle. Yeah. Because I was remembering WrestleMania 22. Yeah. Just, ooh, is belly to belly is the greatest of all time. Cena's fucking young and like still not great, but like you know what I mean. There's so much you you like you can go back and watch it now and be like, oh, this is what would become, mm -hmm. you know, one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Um, I knew I I knew that John Cena has on multiple occasions done the fu to the Big Show, mm -hmm. but still. How how do you My how are you not God. impressed by it? I had forgotten that he does it in this match. Because they build to it at the match mania a month later, and that, that still gets a huge reaction. Yeah. Like that's un it's undeniably impressive. I bit hard on the angle slam to the big show. Oh yeah, yeah. And like this is not a good look for Big Show either. I didn't really care for him in this single and he's not in like good shape here. Really. Like he's got a huge yeah. fucking belly. Like it's weird because he's a guy who, like, changes up his look every so often, which I, I appreciate. Yeah. And I think that more wrestlers should do. But I, I didn't care for this one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, 
angle slam over the top yeah. to the outside. That that's a I had to replay it. Like, Looks like a, it murdered Big Show's shoulder on the apron. Crazy, crazy bump for anybody to take, especially somebody that big. Mm-hmm. It's just dangerous. Um, but yeah, I really, really like this match. I, I, I just I thought I'm, it was great. I'm always up for a triple threat. I I love it. I think it's just that perfect mixture of like you can tell a good story but still keep the pace. Yeah, and and make it exciting and very action filled. Mm-hmm. And Cena taps out. That I did not see coming at all. It's it they, that's something that they have just buried and retconned the shit out of. But like, yeah. both Benoit and Angle have submitted John Cena. Hustle, loyalty, respect, never, never give, give up. up. Woo! Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. And but it made sense is the thing, and mm-hmm. it was a good way to like keep everybody moving forward. It didn't hurt. It, you know, I mean, how does it hurt you to lose to Kurt Angle? You know what I mean? A month later, he's going to beat the Big Show and be U.S. champ. You know, it's all good. It's fine. Um, (laughs) My next note just says, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) This is the match that I picked the show for. Um, Mm -hmm. You know what? I I honestly don't really know. I don't have any vivid memories of, like, the first time I watched this show. Or, or, sorry, this match. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I I just remember, I remember me revisiting it mm. v- very vividly multiple times. It is of course, Broccoli Lesnar <laughs> versus Eduardo Guerrero. Yes. Um, I will say this: if you have not seen it, go to the YouTube and look up the Go Home promo that Eddie cuts on Brock. I think it's in this video package, isn't it? Part, a lot of parts it. of it is mm-hmm. that that he cuts on Brock going into this show on the what SmackDown was on Thursday at that point, I think. Sure, Thursday or Friday before. I thought it was Friday. It, who cares? Whatever. <laughs> um, going into this, it's it's. I looked it up. I literally paused the pay per view to look up this promo because I was like, I remember this being absolutely stellar stuff. It is. It, it's one of those absolutely just gives you goosebumps, almost brings you to tears level of promos where he's talking about being high and how, uh, what is it, day by day, by the grace of God, I'm getting my life back. And yeah. Brock has this, again, uh, you know what, to, to your point earlier, Brock has this great line where he says, you are a loser and I hope you're addicted to losing because on Sunday you're going to get your fix. Yeah. And I'm like... Fuck man, that's that's stellar. That it's just great stuff, and and Eddie's promo going into this is is great. Um, I will say before we get fully into the match, there's a few things I want to touch on. One of the things that they do during the course of this match on commentary, Taz specifically puts over that Brock is bigger, faster, has more experience in these bigger matches than than Eddie does. I wish they had leaned more into that, and I wish they had leaned more into it during the course of the pay-per-view building up to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I honestly wish that when Cena, or I'm sorry, um, Angle won the triple threat, specifically Taz, because that's his role on commentary at this point, I wish he had said, wow, we're going to get a rematch from WrestleMania last year. We're okay. going to get Angle versus... Uh, Brock Lesnar for the second year in a row that's incredible and I wish that they had made Eddie more of an afterthought yeah to amplify that story yeah Yeah. Yeah. now I think I know that your answer here 
But I'm just curious, what do you think is Brock Lesnar's best match? Um, that's that's harder than you think it would be because I'm immediately between him and him and Punk mm-hmm. and this one, obviously. Right. Um, I think as a match, this one. Okay. Um, I think Brock Lesnar's work, the way he carried himself, and the role that he played was better once he got to the part where the point in his career where like post UFC yeah, comeback. Yeah, yeah, I think that he played his role better and carried himself better in the punk match. For sure. But I think overall, if I had to take it just as a match, this one, personally. And I know that might be my biases, but I don't care. It's your opinion. You you can't have a wrong answer. Correct. Um, well, I mean, you can't. I, you can have a you know wrong what? answer. <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> I, okay, for, for me, my take on it is I think Brock's best match is the match with punk. But this is... If that's one, then this is one A. Like, yeah. it, but for me, it's for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just always curious on that. Uh, I also actually really like the Extreme Rules match he has with Cena. That is just unbelievable bloodbath and has those crazy bumps and all that other yeah. like wild shit. Um, yeah. Um, Brock's a guy that I think like people just hate so much that they forget how good he can be and yeah. how, how more than good important he is. That motherfucker moves the needle. Yeah. And and who else does? No know? one. They don't they they have no one who's even close to moving the needle as much as he does anymore. Brock and AJ is, is a great fucking match. Brock and and Brian, which that's a match where it's like if you're a longtime wrestling fan, specifically of the Independence, the idea that Brian Danielson would have a match against Brock Lesnar and it would go more than ten seconds, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, because there was a time where you you went to some of the same shows in the fucking uh, Chicago Fieldhouse, and it's like, okay, Brian Danielson is here wrestling in front of a you know packed crowd of sixteen hundred people. Mm-hmm. Which, not knocking it, right? He is the best wrestler in the world. He's the Ring of Honor champion. And he's going to wrestle Brock fucking Lesnar. Yeah, like, in yeah. 06, that's an unbelievable thing to th- fucking think. But, regardless. Um, this, okay, one of my other notes here before we get further into it. Eddie Dream matches. Mm. We've talked about a few of these that that never came to be. Uh, I think we've talked about it. I know we've talked about it before. Whether or not it's on the podcast before, I'm not sure. Um, Eddie Taker having yeah. a house show loop. I would yeah. have loved to see that in a pay per view, yeah, or absolutely. even a fucking SmackDown. Yep. Um, Eddie Sean. Yeah. That we were evidently like about to get. Gonna get. Yeah. Yeesh. Which what what more could you want? You know what I mean? Like, especially at that point in their careers. Yeah. Where they had both, like, matured and evolved and, and you know what I mean, mm-hmm. ironed everything out. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what? Just for my own personal satisfaction, Eddie and Buddy Murphy. Sure. Why not? Eddie and AJ is on my list. Ooh, that would be fantastic. Like, that that could have been absolutely fucking incredible. Um, 
Uh, um, Eddie and Sami Zayn. Yeah. There's a lot of them that I, I'm struggling to think of. That one would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, should I have... Uh, Eddie, Eddie, go ahead. Eddie and Rollins? Eddie and Rollins would be absolutely incredible. Eddie and Andrade. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another one. Um... All right, so let's get to this match. For, for my friend Cole Havens, Eddie and Humberto Carrillo. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Review Review. Um. <laughs> my first note of this match Dale is... Dale Gas. Uh. <laughs> my first note of this match is Lesnar is one of a kind. For sure. Um, my my One of my first notes here says, uh, Baby Brock. Yeah. See, he, he just looks... Like a child yeah. here, even though, it, I mean, he was very young, but, like, he's still a gigantic man. My second note is, Eddie is God. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, how, Eddie, do, how do we even un- One of my notes here is, Eddie is even this? better in hindsight. Yeah. Um, so, like, one of the things that I very much noted on this and, and very much picked up on this time, because I've rewatched this match a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. There's so much of this that is clearly on the fly. Like, if you go back and re- The next time you rewatch this match, watch Eddie calling stuff. It is... Bl- it is throughout the entire thing. And okay. that's why there's parts in this match that are kind of ugly. Like, specifically, there's a point where, like, Eddie goes for a Rana and Brock kind of sort of drops him in a almost a powerbomb. Yeah. And then picks him up and just, like, swings him around and throws him. 110% not what was supposed to happen. Yeah. Guarantee it. But a beautiful cover by Brock. Good cover by Eddie. Mercifully, nobody's hurt. Yeah. But, like, any time that Eddie would, like, put him in a hold, you can see him calling stuff. At one point, Brock has him up in the air for, like, a... a, uh, What was Ryback's move? Shell shock. Yes. Has him up in the air. I called it the shell Brock in my uh, Oh, I like that. When he's got him up for it, you can see Eddie calling stuff to him. Mm. And it's, it's a... Okay, so from a fan's perspective, I love this match. From a worker's perspective, specifically on this last time around, I appreciate it so much more. Yeah. Because Brock at this point has been working for three years, and Eddie's in for like over a decade, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, give or take. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was so fun to me to watch it from that through that lens. See... I, we've talked about this before. Um, I've tried several times to watch this through an analytical lens, and I just cannot. You just, you just get pulled into every it. Every single time. There's a moment that pulls me in every time. And I'm not a very religious guy. Eddie, yep, yep he's, he's with- doing the motion. Eddie in the bear hug, opening his hands out, and literally praying... Yeah, and finding the strength to stand up. Who? How, how do you not feel that? Yeah. You know what I mean. Like, regardless of what you feel personally, it, like when you watch that guy do, like the the build and the execution of this is so good because Brock is just so unrelentingly unstoppable. Yeah, but just, it. I think th- I think this is the best David and Goliath story that there's ever been told. It's it's if it's not, it's it's definitely top. Two, three. One of my notes here says that Eddie is the absolute king of fighting from underneath. Mm-hmm. Like, there it is. There God. it is. We almost went through two whole episodes without your fucking phone going off. 
Uh, I'm so sorry. Hold on. Let me get this double vibrate here going because i got to turn my <laughs> ringer off. There we go. Um, but anyway, so... It's a very physical match, too. Oh, yeah. I, I, I made a note about... Um, I said, not a lot of crisp things in this. It looks like a fight. Right. And that's like, yes. No, give f- me that. And that adds to that whole, like, it's being called. Yeah. Like, you, like, once that, these things are, like, meeting in the middle. You know what I mean? That, like, ugliness and that physicality is meeting with the, we have not choreographed this. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, Eddie's reading the crowd and telling Brock, hey, do this, hey, sell here, hey, do that. And that just adds to it. Because then when there is a miscue, fuck it, it looks like you're trying to fucking win. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love I love this. This match is perfect. And it's so believable, too, that, like, like the crowd thinks that Eddie is going to win with an STF. Yeah. He has never won a match. <laughs> like, in my mind, may, maybe not has ever even done the STF before. But it's just so believably good. Like... Uh, we talk about this in training. What are the... If you're babyface and you're in peril, you have two options. What are they? Um, you can try to get away. You can try to fight back. That is correct. Watch this match and look for that. Yeah. Because there is a point early in the match where he does try to get away. He powders outside. Eddie does. And then, why? Because he baits Lesnar into the corner, picks the leg, wraps the leg around the post. Yeah. Now he's trying to fight back. So it's like... All of these, like, beautiful themes and psychology and what makes sense and, and everything are, like, all on display in this match. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so, there was at one point when I was watching this match and I looked at the ref and I was like, God, I can only imagine refing this match. Mm-hmm. I would be honored. And uh, so I wanted to talk a, a, a little bit about, because I was a ref for a while. Sure. Um, and I know that you weren't, so I don't know mm-hmm. like what your perspective is on this. Um, there have been certain times in my short refing refing career where I w- had the privilege to ref a match that uh, was either um, an honor in hindsight or an honor going in. And um, I think we overshadow like sometimes how much just being a part of a match can can like mean to someone. So for oh, honest, for for example, um I asked fine referee Dan Perch, mm-hmm. man who taught me everything I know about refing. Dan Perch rules? Yes he does. For the ref brand. So I asked him we had Dan Severn on the show. Mm-hmm. Um I asked him like, I know you're like the one who taught me everything, right? Um I was just wondering uh would it be okay if I ref the main event here? Because mm-hmm. I wanted to work with Dan Severn and all that stuff. And he was like, yeah, no problem, brother. You earned it. Like, right. that sort of stuff. Taking part in that match. One that uh, was, in hindsight, an honor to take place in was uh, you versus Berna at the uh, Polo Room. The first the first Polo Room show, I think? Or the second okay. one. I'm not sure. That one. Um, that was... Why? It was... Uh, it was an honor to take part in that one specifically because Berna looks back on that match as like w- fondly because you, before that you hated him. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So that was like kind of like the turning point and like yeah, I don't know. The, the, but um, that that's just an example. I no, just want to talk a bit about that. 
Like, no, I think all that, that's great. Like, I think, like, I've said this before, uh, being a referee is the most thankless job in wrestling because it, you can be a great referee for 10 years and nobody's ever going to say a fucking word to you and, quite frankly, that's bullshit and it shouldn't be that way. You fuck up one time and they'll never let you live it down. Yeah. And, it, it, like, straight, it's it, it's bullshit. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, there are good refs and there are bad refs just like there are, you know, any other role, yeah. you know, and and whatnot, but it's a tough job, it's a thankless job, and like, you were a very good referee, Perch is absolutely incredible at being a ref, uh, follow him on whatever social media he's on, but, uh, no, like, that's, I, I think it's really cool that you actually got to, like, ask to do the yeah. Dan Severn thing, and that, yeah. like, you know, he's just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Because usually, at that, that point... That whole match with me and Berna gets talked about a lot, and I really... Like, I'm glad that it means so much to him. I hate that I have, like, no memory of it. <laughs> like, I, I remember being happy with the match. But, yeah. like, outside of that, I don't have a, a clue. You, you know what I mean? But, like... I think that... And I'm not trying to say that's, like, shit no, on anybody. I, I know what you it's, mean. It's just a thing where it's like, okay. That, uh, that match was also one of the first times that I was, like, in a ring doing... The like during the actual show where I thought to myself, okay, I'm a hundred and ten percent comfortable with what's going on. I'm not nervous about anything that I need right. to know. Like that was like one of the first times that I was like, I got this now. The only thing that I do remember about that match specifically, like outside of like a couple of like seek like spots or like in move things or in ring things in move, <laughs> is um, one of the things that I like to do in my matches, and this is a Side tangent has nothing to do with what we're talking about. One of the things that I like to do in my matches, specifically in like small shows like that and like bar shows and everything, is you see a lot of hokey stuff and you see a lot of fun stuff, and that's fine, that's great. As long as it's over and everyone's entertained, who who am I to judge or or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on a show like that and there is a lot of that, I like to have matches that are or at least look more physical and look more brutal and for lack of a better term, look more real. Yeah. And I do remember I can I can remember during that match that crowd at one point they got to the point of like because it started out like oh it's wrestling we've seen the, all these other guys do all this wacky goofy funny shit and it started like that and then as it progressed it was like almost that uncomfortable like oh fuck that guy's getting beat up yeah and then at the end we're doing like cool stuff and they're like yeah we want to see this guy win we want to see this guy win you want to see that guy lose we want to see that guy lose. That's the stuff that I like, because one of my favorite quotes, and I hate myself for not being able to remember who exactly it was that said it, was, um, I cannot make you believe that pro wrestling is real, but I can make you believe that I am. Mm. And that's that was something that, like, whenever it was that I first heard that line, and again, I, I hate that I can't tell you who it was that said it, I was like, I, I want to be that guy. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Where it's and and that's not a discredit to guys that go a different route or or a different style. Who cares? Yeah, that's the shit that I want to fucking do. That's, so that's pretty. That's dope. But let's get back to this match. Yes, it's fucking awesome. So this match is perfect. I have so okay on that. I have a question for you. So there is the Goldberg run in. Mm-hmm. Now, with the character that Eddie was, and with the build of this. There is a ref bump. Goldberg makes his return to the ring after being carted out in cuffs. 
hits the spear on Lesnar. Do and it is for a huge false finish. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that that taints or hurts the match? Given Eddie's character, I don't think so. Okay. Um, however, I still I still don't think it needed it necessarily, and even. Uh, even like watching the rest of the show and seeing that they did uh, Goldberg and Lesnar did a thing earlier in the show mm-hmm. I feel like it e- it needed it even less they already built okay. Goldberg and Lesnar enough on this show I think sure. personally but as far as like Eddie taking that opportunity because of course he would and it being this ginormous false finish. I mm-hmm. think it's I think it's awesome still. Like I just don't think it necessarily was needed. I I I can concur I can concur. My <laughs> thoughts on it are if that had been the finish. Oh yeah, that would have been awful. Oh dude, it would it would have ruined Eddie. Yeah. It it would have somehow it it would have ruined him more than it made him with him being world <laughs> champion and beating Lesnar. Big vibration there from the phone blowing up. Um, I, at the time when it happened, I really hated it. Mm-hmm. Now, in hindsight, and having just recently rewatched it, I don't really hate it. I, I, I understand why it had to happen, like business wise. It's like, oh, hey, we got to put more heat on the fucking Brock and Goldberg thing. And if honestly, if it was a if it was a different babyface in the role that Eddie is in, and it might have ruined. I, I, I would have hated it, yeah. and it, and it would have ruined him. Like in a different world, let's say Eddie wins the Rumble and Benoit is in this spot. Okay, it would have ruined Benoit. Yeah, I can see that. Like it, it, it that it wouldn't match that character. It wouldn't match. It, it just wouldn't fucking work. Yeah, and. That's why I think I don't think it. I, that's why I don't think it ruins the matches because Eddie was the way he was. Yeah. I don't think it helps it, but I, I don't I, think it does. I right don't then. think that it takes away from it. Mm-hmm. My only, if I were to ever be like, and and who the fuck am I to say, right? <laughs> I wish that because it's basically big falsy off of the spear. Eddie goes to hit him with the belt. He gets stopped. Brock goes for the F five, DDT onto the belt, which is a little shaky. I think, like, Brock's arm hits the belt. We're going to forgive it. Sure. Which is fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who am I? But, and then Frog Splash finish. I kind of wish they had added Eddie kicking out of something. Yeah. Like, I think it should have been Goldberg, Spear, big kick out, go for the belt shot. No. Brock hits. Maybe Brock hits the F5. And the, the because one of the things that they used to do in this era that I actually liked was that the ref would get bumped and make a count and then just go back on the cell. Yeah, they, he did it in this match. It, yeah, so I, I, I think it would have been cool to be like, Brock hits the F5, one, two, maybe it's a foot on the ropes. Or it's yeah. a slow count. Kick then out he one. Goes, I'm kick kidding. out of one. I'm kidding. He goes for the second one, <laughs> then you get your DDT, then you get your frog splash. And, and the reaction to this is incredible. Oh, dude, it's it's absolutely just fantastic. Like what my note here just says, I love this. I, my note here says WWE does not create moments like this anymore. No. 
the crowd was elated, mm-hmm. and Eddie was genuinely emotional and happy and elated himself, and to the point where he jumps into the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just, like, we're jumping a thousand hurdles here. COVID aside, sure. WWE doesn't build anything they legit to matter not to. anything like this anymore. Yeah. They don't. They don't build anything to matter this much anymore. They don't put any effort to make something this emotional and this um, impactful anymore. The, at what all. do you think? What do you think the closest thing that we've had since this is? Kofi. See, I would have gone Daniel Bryan. That's good too. Yeah, that's good too. I mean, both are great, but for me, Daniel Bryan is more the guy beating the insurmountable. Yeah, yeah. Thing. You know what? You're right. Because the Kofi build was was good. Kofi was, was also against res- Daniel Bryan, so they're like that's equal, the thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'm like you're yeah, right. Yeah, I I believe Kofi beating Daniel Bryan any day of the week. Yeah. It was really like cool to see Daniel Bryan has to beat Triple H and Batista and Randy Orton all in a day. Yeah. No, I get you. That that definitely that definitely um it was a genuine moment. Yeah, like, like this was a genuine moment though. Uh, it, was, that, it was great. That part where uh, I think it was just after the spear, where everyone's down, mm. and Cole says, "The champion's down, the challenger's down, the referee has been knocked down." I don't know why, but I lo- I replay that call in my head a thousand times a day. Um, Taz has a good call after the spear too, when the ref is sitting over. He just goes, "Well, that's great. That's just great." having a great match here, and Bill Goldberg came in and ruined the whole thing. And I'm like, I like that. Yeah. Because, like, especially when we're doing this whole, like, show versus show brand supremacy thing, that makes sense. Your your brand, your company, the people you work for are giving you a great match, and somebody who does not work for you runs in and fucking hits the dude. That's when things mattered. Right. It did matter. Yeah. And, like, it, it, I love that. Like, I liked that it had stakes that it had relevance to it um fun fact did you know that at this point Eddie was the smallest WWE champion of all time hmm I did not know that yep at that point who who is it now uh it would have been Ray oh yeah yeah, yeah. and then that makes sense yeah I think it's still Ray cause I think he's smaller than Daniel Bryan yeah so oh wow so um you threw in a little foreshadowing earlier. I did cry while watching this match again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> again, mm-hmm. I cannot watch it analytically. Um, and I know this is this is going to be another biased thing, but it's right. just my opinion. You can have your Savage and Elizabeth. You can have your Ric Flair retirement. This is the most emotional moment in wrestling history. <laughs> <sighs> I tried to say that all in one breath, and I was... Fair enough. Running out of breath. But, uh, yeah, this is just perfect yeah yeah it's it's it's, this is the peak of what wrestling is was and should be in my opinion like it's i don't know like the underdog story is a thing where it's been done to death and it's it's going to keep being done is the thing yeah like like guys that horse isn't going to be buried because we're going to keep fucking hitting it and the problem is that like when the underdog story is done poorly that dead horse stinks. Yeah. When the underdog story is done well, it's like, hmm, maybe we slice off a piece of that dead horse and cook it up. Delicious <laughs> horse steak. Okay, um, wow. <laughs> but 
this is, man, it, it's hard to imagine a better underdog story, you know, like, and again, because of the, the, the speed at which this happened. Because, like, okay, we talked about, like, in January, it's it's Eddie and Chavo with the Rumble. Well, fuck, man, in December, they were a tag team. So in two months, he's gone from mid-card tag team to world champion. Yeah. Beating a guy who was damn near invincible. Mm-hmm. Like, what more do you want? Anyways. I love Eddie Guerrero. Love Eddie Guerrero. Love Brock Lesnar. He's my um, favorite wrestler. Of I, all I don't time. know if I can recommend the show as a whole. For mm. me, this is a two match show, and it's it's the last two. The Triple Threat's good. And the That's main probably great. fair. Um, everything else is just kind of, quite frankly, just there. I thought there was some solid bits at the at the beginning. It's and, solid, and but it's not anything that like stands out. Yeah, you know where it's like, bro, it's, you got to see this fucking APA World's Greatest Tag. Yeah, match. Like, I think. Uh, I think as far as, like, besides the last two matches, everything else is, like, not a rewatch, but it's not a thumbs-down bad. You know what I no, mean? No, no. So, I mean, obviously I'm going to give this show a thumbs-up, but sure. I would say if you if you absolutely have to watch this show, at least the last two matches, especially the last one. Uh, the, the last one needs to be watched by everybody. And, everybody and ever. studied and dissected. Seek like it. it. Hopefully you have better time if, watching it analytically than I do. If you ever get to the point where you can try to watch it analytically, <laughs> I highly recommend it because, like, the the amount of pure professional wrestling work that goes into it, like, I'm talking, like, I've got the wrong leg, i got to switch to that side, like, I need some hope here, hey, do this. Like, Eddie's having full-on conversations with that big motherfucker. <laughs> At every point, it's great, great, and I, I'm not shitting on it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're listening to this and you are a professional wrestler, watch that. Because I gar- I will bet dollars to pesos. That's right. Okay. That <laughs> Brock and Eddie had the back closing stretch of this match planned. And everything before that was just made up. Not a doubt in my mind. Man, I just, I've tried a thousand times. I tried really fucking hard today, but it's I, still... Hey man, uh, end of an era, I can't watch it analytically. I get, I get sucked in every fucking time. And there's times where I've literally sat down with the intent of being like, alright, let's make some notes. You know what I mean? And I can't do it. <laughs> I get pulled in. Yeah. Well. But I think that's good. Yeah. Like, I, I think that like the moment that, they, you know... That a performer gets to the point of like, you you're not pulled in by anything. You need to stop doing this. Yeah, you know because then, you know like, you you have no passion for it. Yeah, and yeah, and, and like not to like sound pretentious or anything, but if you have no passion for pro wrestling, I don't think you should be in it. That, that Regardless is... of how much money you make, you may make or not make from it. If if you have no love of it, go home. That's dude, get get a different job. Big Show said this when I was watching the freaking uh, Broken yeah. Skull sessions today. He said, uh, like when he's in the in the locker room and back and talking to everybody, he like gives advice to those who have the passion in their eye, but the but 
the ones who are here as a stepping stone to get somewhere else, he doesn't. Exactly. He doesn't give them notes because he can. He can tell that he, they they don't care. Like, dude, like, but you can. You can always tell the difference between the people yeah. that care and the people that don't. Mm-hmm. Because the people that care will invest their time and they'll invest effort and they'll make sacrifices for it. And it's not like that. That's not me like toot my own horn or anything like that. But it's like, you, you know. There's guys who can't go to training because of this, or they can't go to a show because of that, or they can't work out because of this, or they can't buy gear because of that, and it's like, you're just making excuses, and mm-hmm. you're pushing everything else onto the front, and pushing, you know, wrestling onto the back burner, and if it's on the back burner that long, it's not that important to you, and if you don't want to do it, that's fine, like, Myself, you, or any nobody's going to judge somebody for not wanting to be in in the professional wrestling business. There's mm-hmm. thousands of ways to make no money. <laughs> you know, there, 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 there's yeah, now, there like you can make any excuse to sit in a car. You know, yeah, like whatever the case may be. If like if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. And and mm-hmm. one of the things that I liked about watching this show and like watching that match in particular was it's like. Man, it it just motivates the shit out of me because you know what I mean. And it's like, I just if you're gonna do it, do it, do it to the best of your abilities. If you're not gonna do it to the best of your abilities, don't. Mm-hmm. Find something else to do. Find something else that requires a half-assed effort. Yeah, <laughs> because you know, it, it most things that require a half-assed effort. People aren't watching you, and they yeah. can't tell. Oh, that guy's not putting all into this. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know. I, I, now we, we've gone on a very deep side tangent. That's fine. I think that I think a uh, it's very important side tangent. Um, I think that my my closing notes on this side tangent and like what I got from this match as a whole, being sucked in again and all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, what is it? Um, to the skeptic, no proof is enough. To the believer, no proof is necessary. Correct. Is that what it is? Yeah. Best job I ever had, all the Tomisms. <laughs> all the Tomisms. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is, if you so, know, you know, if you don't, yeah, sorry. To wrap this up, let's just say this. We promise you, we will get you these bonus episodes. Correct. Do not fit the format. We will, I assure you, we will do this. Maybe soon. Because then I wouldn't have to watch any of these fucking shows. Hey, at least I picked a good one. You did, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Canadian um, Stampede. I mean, uh, yeah, it was alright. <laughs> anyways, let's wrap this bad boy up. Uh, as always, follow Zawa Live. Follow Magnum Pro. Follow Anna Fight Underground. Follow... RCCW. RCCW. Why not? Follow who else? Uh, at WowEd Podcast at on Wow-Ed Twitter. Podcast. <laughs> uh, St. Louis Anarchy as well. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, they just put out a fun episode on their Patreon. They did a watch along of me versus Shotzi. Ooh. Uh, which is fun. Um, and that's really all I got, I guess. Yeah, that's all I got, too. Oh, um, uh, we will be in Tampa. Correct. If this comes out before then. And if it doesn't, we were in Tampa. Ooh. Spooky. Um, 
I think, I think this will come out before. Yeah, okay, well then we're going to be in Tampa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, yeah, with, uh, me, Damien Deschain, otherwise known as Braden. I think this is the first time that we've introduced our names in the two episodes that we've recorded tonight. <laughs> so, fair enough. And my cohort... Uh, Tom, a.k.a. Christian Rose. This has been another exciting episode of What Are We Even Doing? Not a whole lot of What Are We Even Doing in this episode. It's been very... It's been no, mostly this is, this is positive. pretty civil, yeah. But, uh, anyway, well, I mean, we'll get angry next what time. What are we even doing here? Even doing here? Oh, the extended version? Here. Huh? The extended version? Yeah. Do you want me to make that? Oh, like the Garth Brooks extended version of uh, Friends in Low Places, or not Friends in Low Places, uh, Thunder Rolls, where there's a extra verse about the woman murdering the man that has cheated on her. Am I awake right now? <laughs> Are you? I, I'm pretty sure I'm awake. Felt I'm not like about you. The m- what happened? <laughs> no, that's a real thing. Thunder Rolls, uh, bonus verse in the live version, uh, where the woman who's been cheated on uh, shoots the fucking guy. Wow. Um, well, um, w- with that, I'm going to move my cursor over to the square button now. Probably for the best. What are we even doing here?